Hello. Hi. So you had your shower? Yeah, I had my shower. Um, kind of sitting here with uh, figuring out what position I need to put my neck in. I guess we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> um, so this is take seven or something like that, but I'm glad it's happening now. Um, yeah. The video that you asked me to listen to was by this guy called Joe Dispenza or Dr. Joe Dispenza. And it was called um, How to Unlock the Future Potential of Your Mind. Um. Mm. I must admit, it took me a couple of listens to actually understand what he was really saying because he threw out words like programming and neural receptors, um, stuff like that. But why did you ask me to listen to this talk? Good question, actually, because I think we previously talked about being in the present moment. And then the second talk was on the surrender, um, attitude of surrender, basically um, sort of surrendering to life, but not in a, um, uh, you know, in a uh, passive way, but actually being uh, present to everything that happens and responding to it from a place of uh, wisdom that is doing the right thing in the right moment without looking to whether it was giving us, uh, you know, pain or pleasure, uh, which is how we usually um, condition our responses and um, live in the world. So you had asked me in that talk to talk about uh, exactly what you should do because you felt like that was lacking. And so I thought that this talk, took it a little further and talked about exactly what happens when you are in the present moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, sort of. Um, could you maybe describe for anybody that's listening what exactly Joe Dispenza or the crux of what he's trying to say in this talk? Okay, so he himself is, uh, I think, a chiropractor. Uh, but he's done a lot of research. I mean, he had a personal experience where he fell off a bike, broke several vertebrae in his back, and then recovered without surgery. And he says that he was lying in bed for about six months, visualizing, um, you know, sort of the body mending itself. So, um, and then he went on to do a lot of studies on the mind-body connection. So some of the key themes here, which I thought were quite um, interesting for me, and I hadn't gotten this from the several other talks that I've listened to, um, or maybe it clicked into place for me with this talk, that the body is the unconscious mind. See, the thing that I really liked is the whole idea of time and space are created in the mind. And what we do is we're constantly responding with sensations to experience that are happening outside. But the body doesn't distinguish between past, present, and future because it really doesn't have a sense of time. So when we uh, experience emotions based on memories that we keep dredging up, and most of us constantly live in the past, 
um, or we're anxious about the future because the human condition has two things that are unique to it, which is memory and imagination. And most of the time we are responding from our past memory and past experience. And so we are projecting into the future based on the past, a worst case scenario. So I really like this idea that the body has no sense of time. So whatever we experience as emotions of a past experience or a future event are all the same for the body because it's not time bound. So mm. he said that we tend to live in a mode of survival basically because we're constantly anticipating something based on our past. And so why not create a sensation of a future uh, joyful moment or fulfillment? And so go from being survivalist and leaning into the next moment, anticipating with fear and anxiety to creating what you want to experience in the future and thereby actually enriching your life. I thought that that was sort of the crux of what he's trying to say. Mm, I guess that makes sense. So, so there's two sides of the same coin. One is sort of a negative, um, negative emotion or a negative experience. And so what he's maybe saying is um, what we tend to do because we are, like you said, not time bound or our body doesn't have a frame of reference of when something happened. If there is a negative event, um, our body might be reacting to that mm. far into the future, far past. I mean, the event itself has occurred, but mm -hmm. because we are sort of going back to that moment, um, mm -hmm. we are experiencing all of the, emotions and our body doesn't distinguish from whether the event has occurred a long time ago or whether it's occurring now. So it takes potentially longer for us to, to recover. And I guess the other side of it is um, for, mm -hmm. to, to kind of um, change that or come to a future state. Uh, mm -hmm. We have to understand that if we want to change that, we have to change the way we think about things. And we have to sort of understand that we can, we can also, as we can internalize the past and our body understands that, we could also maybe um, project a future and get our body to start believing in that future. Is that right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, what we tend to do is, I mean, the, you know, and it's not just the past. Um, it's also we're very selective about those experiences, right? So people have various kinds of trauma that they experience and they are constantly living um, in fear of that trauma or that traumatic event. So they try to organize their lives and their conditioned responses so they don't have to experience the past pain. And so everything in your future is determined by how you have reacted to your past, which is really living based on a program and it's not a creative way to live. And I, that, that sort of was a great idea. The second um, idea that I really liked is 
He says that meditation is the process of getting rid of this hardwired programming. So you're actually going past beyond the analytical mind. We tend to think that everything can be resolved uh, by thinking things through. Um, however, he says, when we go beyond that into a state of meditation, we become aware of the thoughts that arise. Uh, we become very present to them. And so there is a liberation of energy. Because sometimes when we are thinking uh, in the analytical mind, we are kind of rehashing the past. And so we may be siphoning energy more into the past. And this energy keeps getting wasted. So when we settle into the present moment, we actually conserve that energy. And we're able to use that energy to create our future. Um, it's a little right. hard to understand and process, but let's talk about, for example, your own healing, right? You went to yeah. Greece and you had a yeah. bike accident. Yes. yes. So maybe talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So I was in Greece and I fell, um, and I hurt my back, my lower back and shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a sort of whiplash type situation, but I had never sort of experienced a fall like that where it kind of, you know, you're, you feel kind of sucker punched and you have a, you experience like a certain type of nausea. And I guess mm -hmm. I've, I've gone abroad and experienced things that are quite scary um, mm -hmm. in the sense, like the time I was in, um, remember when I was in Patagonia and I mm. cut my leg and then mm -hmm. I had to go to the hospital and then I had to go to other hospitals. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. In Chile. Yeah. 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 So I think I can't really uh, say that I've, you know, thought about, you know, spirituality and stuff like that, but I think my personal survival mechanism. So if we go back to the Greece situation, I had a couple of days left, you know, I knew that I had to work coming back. I knew that I needed to get back into the UK and make sure that I was here if anything went wrong, because, you know, we're in a pandemic and, you know, I trust my doctors here and I have all of the, you know, infrastructure to help me through, um, yeah. But I needed to get there and I needed to, and I also had this, you know, I didn't FOMO, wanted to experience things. But the fact was, you know, I was getting shooting pains in my lower back. I was, you know, having huge, significant migraines, neck pain. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, in the beginning, like I couldn't really move. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was quite, um, it was traumatic. Trump, yeah, it was a bit traumatic, but you know, my sort of defense mechanism when these kind of things happen is I can't think of, I can't get any ideas in my head of, of getting sick or being, mm -hmm. being, getting worse. You know, I mm -hmm. just have to think about all the different ways in which I can improve and make myself better and like try and mm -hmm. trick and convince myself that mm -hmm. I am, that I am well. better than I am you know, mm -hmm. or, 
you know, to not to, and, and this manifests itself in different ways. It manifests mm -hmm. itself in, you know, how I approach or how I am with my friends. Like I don't want their experience to be ruined because I'm sat here sat, uh, sick and grumpy or whatever. So mm. that kind of stuff is just internalize it and try to make the most of the situation and try and not, you know, make it all about mm. me. So that was mm. one sort of driver. And the other one was, you know, I just need to get better. There's no other option. So like internalizing and, you know, um, thinking about all of the different ways in which I could get, I could have been really hurt or sick. It's just not helpful because yeah. it is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not entirely sure that's my way of, you know, um, willing myself or tricking my body. It wasn't conscious in that way, but it was, I can't really spend any energy thinking about the incident mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also am aware of the fact that, you know, I gotta, I gotta get back on my bike like mm. two days later and do the same rides that I was doing just to say that I did it because mm -hmm. I don't want to be confronted with that trauma, mm -hmm. um, of, you know, falling. I don't, I don't want to be confronted with any sort of trauma because, mm -hmm. you know, that thought of, oh, the last time I did that, I fell. Yeah. You know, it'll be, you know, it could linger and yeah. I just don't want to allow myself to feel that way. And I think that's why I hike again or, you know, when I cut yeah. my leg open in Patagonia, I did an extra long hike and I hiked the next day and like stuff that you're not really supposed to do. Yes. But I wasn't going to allow myself to, you know, yeah. deal with, you know, some people feeling sorry yeah. for me because I was injured. Yeah, no, I mean, you say it really nicely. Um, you know, you kind of trick your body into feeling well, which means that it actually works hard to get with how your mind is or where your mind is, right? So the opposite of that could be somebody feeling sorry for themselves, um, sitting at home, being in bed, avoiding all the activities that they fear will make them feel as bad as they did. And then actually getting the body to actually believe that it's sick and not improving. And I've seen some people who've gone through the similar traumatic experiences who've kind of um, accentuated their uh, pain and gone into full-blown disability. But having said that, we also have to exercise caution, right? You don't want to be doing something rash or reckless right after mm -hmm. just to. So you don't want to jerk yourself into wellness, but you're right in that you want to trick your body. You want to be, um, what do I say, loving and caring with your body, but at the same time, uh, embrace this feeling of wellness all the time. So the body is in tune with where your mind's at. So I, I think yeah. you said it really nicely. And this uh, that's why soon after you had the, you know, the uh, fall, I thought that, and words are really important. I don't even want to use words like accident and so on, um, because you don't want to create, because when we think about accident, we might think of something that is more traumatic than it needs to be, since words conjure up images. So uh, I think it was great in that, um, yeah, that's why, sorry, 
that I thought about this talk itself because of what this guy had gone through. I thought that it was relatable for you. I don't know if it helped you. I think this is something no, you already relatable. do, but it's confirmed. It's confirmed for you that you're on the right path, I think. Yeah, well, it's good to, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about that because it's definitely. Yeah, you're still process. It's still work in progress, but I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like I just, three weeks ago, yeah. you were feeling much worse. Yeah, I mean, it's not helpful. I think for me, it's just not helpful to dwell on all of the things that are mm -hmm. not working because then you're just even more miserable. I yeah. think that I did definitely have low points, but it's yeah. just not helpful to zero in on all of the stuff that doesn't or isn't optimal. Yeah. Um, because then that's like literally what I'm thinking about. So it, it does make sense and it's good to sort of um, define it in that way. But yeah. I guess for the last like couple minutes, I wanted to ask you because you know, that was one side of it, right? Um, mm -hmm. What about the other side? Like, I am, I want to, inv um, I want to um, think about a positive future state, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I want to get there somehow. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Dispenza, I guess he talks about, you know, the period in which we change um, the way that we think and the mm -hmm. sort of meditative process mm -hmm. to get your body to believe that you're in a specific new mm -hmm. state mm -hmm. is really uncomfortable and hard. Yes. yes. Um, can you talk about like any S sort of personal experience that you've had to get to this, a different future state and how you've worked through that or his, so it's, it's, uh, about. I'm going to try and make and it guess, as brief as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Go but on. maybe define maybe because I'm interpreting what he's saying. So maybe define what he means first, because I okay. may have, yeah. you know, anecdotally said something and people may not understand. So yeah, let me just start with this whole idea of what he calls metacognition, right? And he says that the frontal brain is about 40% of your um, frontal lobe is 40% of your brain. And, you know, we have thoughts and our thoughts are not true. So the act of becoming conscious of how you think, act and feel is what he refers to as metacognition. And so he says that the more conscious thought um, that um, you do not let, you know, slip by, the more you unprogram yourself from the past. So that needs to happen first. You need to clear all the weeds and the rocks and things he talks about, which is um, reprogramming yourself. So uh, getting yourself out of that past, living in the past. Now what's happened is you've released a lot of energy, right? Now what you need to do in this process, right, of being in that meditative state of present moment where you're not allowing your thoughts to slip by, what does happen is that you will be confronted with your greatest fears, your anxieties. For example, when you fell, right, and you called me and you, the weekend after you said, mom, I could not sit on the plane. I came home and I have these serious migraines and I have serious nausea. 
So my head is going concussion and I'm going on Google and I'm Googling all of it and I'm seeing what concussion means. And I have no idea as to what um, sort of the effects are, right? But I could go on that spiral and I can think about the worst case scenarios and so on. If my mind keeps conjuring, what it is is I keep bringing my attention to those thoughts and then I recognize it as fear, anxiety, um, you know, a worst case scenario. So I'm immediately metacognizing. So I'm not just thinking the thoughts, but I'm aware that I'm thinking all of these thoughts. So when that happens, what happens is this refractory period that he talks about between actually having the thought and the reaction to it shortens. So the next time I hear the word, so you call me and you say, mom, I have this, you know, post-concussion syndrome, but, uh, you know, none of this is really um, too bad. Uh, the word concussion doesn't conjure up such a scary image for me as it did the first time around. So the refractory period has happened. So this is what he means. He means that, um, first of all, you have to actually face everything that provides gives you that discomfort because your body should go through those sensations. And then the experience of anxiety and fear will become shorter and shorter and shorter. In terms of this future state that you want to be, then you're going to liberate so much energy that you will actually become so much more creative and everything in front of you will present opportunities. And whatever unmanifest desires that you have will actually start coming to fruition. You'll start surfacing them. You don't have to think them up, you know? You don't have to conjure them. You've always had them, right? You want to live a certain kind of life. You don't. You want to have all these experiences. Those are already there, but your fears and your living in the past has kept you from surfacing them. Now they will start to surface and you will consciously have all this energy to create that life. That's what Right. So basically, if you distill it, um, there's a piece on, you know, being able to sit still with your thoughts, which in itself is meditation, and then being able to parse them and sort of um, understand them and where they come from, which is this sort of concept of metacognizing. Meta yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, and then basically you'll be able to rationalize and focus on, you know, what serves you. Is that what you're saying? That I guess too, there's a leap at the end, which I don't quite understand. Yeah. And that that's hard. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It comes from a place of realization or surrender. Right. So the two things that you don't want to do is you don't want to. Um, sh distract yourself away from confronting your worst fears and or distract yourself from really feeling and living and being in the moment because that's what we tend to do. It becomes too painful to bear, right? So when you mm -hmm. start to do that, then less and less and less you'll have those fearful thoughts and anxieties. And even if you have them, the period for which they will linger is very short right? And then they will pass and then you'll go on to the next and there will be triggers. But you're not fearful of these triggers because you know that they will pass. 
So now mm. you will release a lot more energy because this energy that was being siphoned into feeling all this anxiety and pain and all that, I mean, anxiety and, you know, fear and um, uh, rejection and all of these things that you feel, you're going to have that energy to actually manifest the thing. So you will see things in your world that attract you in terms of um, being, you know, fulfilling what you want to uh, achieve. And those desires are already in you. You will just surface them more. You will be creative about them. But this is also not being attached to outcomes. That's important. When you go back to the whole idea of surrender, you're not living with a preconceived image anymore of how you want your life to be because that preconceived image is based on your past. You're opening ex yourself up to new experiences and you're going to beautifully manifest whatever it is that you want to see happen in your life. And you just have to trust that that process will happen. If it becomes predictable, then it's still based on your past. So it's a paradox. Yeah, so basically your predictable past takes up a lot of energy, emotional energy. Mm -hmm. um, and you and the more that you kind of are not aware of that, yeah. um, the more energy you're spending on not unlocking your future potential. Exactly, exactly. And the paradox cool. is that the future potential, you should not be able to predict, right? Because if you yeah. are living up to a preconceived idea, then you're already living in the past. That's why when you talk about manifestation, you're not talking about manifesting something based on your past, but you're actually surrendering to a wonderful, magnificent um, future state of happiness, whatever the physical um, experiences of your life are. Thanks, mom. Okay. Um, I gotta go. I gotta go to Sloan Square now. Okay. Um, so Be safe. I am gonna cap this dis discussion, but that was really helpful. Yeah. Are you going to cycle? No, it's raining. Okay. So you're gonna walk there? No, I'm going to go take the bus and then take the train. Okay, the but be careful line. and use your mask and take all the precautions. I'm being mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take okay. care. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Be safe. Bye. Bye.